Welcome to the Membership Machine Show, talking you through your membership website from initial idea all the way to finished product. Here's your host, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the Membership Machine Show. This is episode 63. Got a great guest this week. We've got Kelvin Corelli here, the founder and CEO of Simplero. It's a platform. It's a marketing membership platform. It's superb. Um, we're going to have a great discussion. We're going to discuss all the things that you might be worried about. And he, Kelvin's got a lot of knowledge to share. So, Kelvin, before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great discussion, um, maybe you can give a quick introduction, a 2036 introduction about yourself and about Simplero. Absolutely. Jonathan, it's amazing to be here with you. Uh, hey, everybody who's uh, watching, listening, thanks for being here. Um, yeah, so I created Simplero back um, 15 years ago now because I got into teaching spiritual growth to entrepreneurs. And that's still my passion. Like it's, it's for me, whenever, whenever business owners run into problems, it's always a personal problem that shows up in, in the business. It's even, I would go as far as to say, it's, it's pretty much always a spiritual problem that shows up as a business problem. So that's my philosophy. And, and I started, I was a coach and I needed some software to run the business and I didn't like what was on the market because what happened then and that still happens today, oddly enough, is people use like five, seven, nine different platforms and then they have to glue it all together. And so I want to solve that problem and just make it super simple, be able to do it all in one platform. And that's what Simplero is. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, like I say, before we go into the main part of this interview, I've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Tired of hosting providers that can't handle high traffic loads? Convesio is here to help. Our platform can handle any amount of traffic, all without slowdown or crashing. With immediate Slack support, performance optimization, and a team that thrives on resolving technical challenges, your e-commerce business is in safe hands. Learn more about Convesio at Convesio.com. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. Just want to point out, we've got a fantastic Facebook community, the Membership Machine Show. If you've got any questions about membership, any questions about technology, software, WordPress, anything like that, just join us on that Facebook group and me and my team are always on there to answer your questions and try and be supportive. So go over there and join us on there. So, Kevin, I think you covered it. I think you covered very quickly in your intro question one, actually, but I don't know. Maybe because you said it was a, you were a coach yourself, you wanted a all in one solution, but it is a big jump, isn't it? 
from being a coach um, in the spiritual area and then deciding that you wanted to build a software product. Did you have any prior experience in the software or did you have any friends or resources that, or was it you just thought, well, I'm just going to go for it and it'd be a journey? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, I had a lot of experience. So I actually grew up programming. My my parents were programmers in this in the early 70s when like that wasn't a thing. I'm from Denmark and there were literally five computers in the entire country and my parents would would be working with one of them using punch cards. So you had little little paper cards that you would punch holes in and that's how you communicate with the computer. There's no keyboard. There's no like voice commands, like none of that stuff, just punch cards. And so um I I learned how to code from when I was five years old. My mom actually started a software company in 1980 and grew that to 50 people and market leading. So I grew up around software. So it wasn't a stretch. I was already in software businesses. I tried to do different. I was also, I was for a long time, I was in consulting. So I'd be programming for, for hire. Um, and I had a 13 person team at one point in, in this, in a little consulting firm, worked for MIT and Greenpeace International and other kind of big, big organizations. But I always knew I wanted to do product. And so it was one of the things that led me into the spiritual growth myself was that I was struggling and I was like, I kept failing at, at the getting into the product business. And at one point I just felt like such a complete failure, you know, like pain is what causes us to grow. I'm sure you've experienced that. Oh, a tremendous event. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, that's like at, at the low point, that's when I started to seek help first therapy and some coaching. And then that's kind of what led onto the, to the spiritual journey for me. And I realized that all of the problems that I was facing were similar in nature to all the problems that I saw all my friends who are also entrepreneurs face. And so that's when I realized, that, oh my God, this is something that, that it's not just me that's you know, broken. We're all, we're all facing the same issues. Why am I here? What am I doing? Like limiting beliefs, emotional places where we get stuck, um, you know, all that stuff. So that's why I started coaching. And, and so it was natural for me to then do the software that went along with it. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I've been thinking a little bit, it's funny that you bring this up because I've been thinking in the past couple of weeks about this. I think the one thing I really struggle Really, I think I'm no different to the majority of people, and there's nothing unique about me, Kevin. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, um, is I have no real conception how I come across. I have a kind of false conception of myself and how I come across to other people. Mm-hmm. But I have no. I'm surprised at some hints that people, their perspective perspective of me is totally different to my own um sure yeah is that is that i was gonna say the word normal but normal doesn't exist does it uh um i don't know if a lot of people have the same thing what's your own thoughts about that yeah i I mean we we as they say you can't read the label from inside the bottle right we can we can never see ourselves you know, accurately, we can never see ourselves the way that others see us. So I think that's that's totally normal. And for some, I think for some, there's a bigger dis, um, kind of 
discontinuity there is a bigger difference and for others it's less, but it's, it's absolutely normal. Yeah. And we're, especially when we go unconscious, right? Because our conscious mind is only like, it can only focus on one thing at a time. So we're run all the time by our, by our unconscious programming. So we're not even aware. We're not seeing it. And so, yeah. You're normal. Oh, well, well, like I I don't think normal exists, doesn't it? Um, it's just the average exists, doesn't it? Now, I think we use normal, you know, it's an understandable term though, isn't it? It doesn't get me hot and bothered that people use, utilise it because it's totally understandable, isn't it? All right, let's go on to question two because um, I, I don't want to attempt to get some free therapy from you. So there... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally bonkers. I, I realised that about five years ago. I, I'm a hopeless case. I'm bonkers. You've got to be bonkers to be an entrepreneur. I think. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the other the other part of that though is that we're all we're all one, right? We're all like we think that we're a separate individual beings, but we're really all part of. We're all like we're all part of the one thing, and. And what is, is. And this whole idea that this is normal and this is not normal or this is typical or not or whatever, that's just the mind's judgment on stuff. Like the reality is just what it is. It doesn't, it doesn't give a crap about our judgments on it. No, so true. Especially mine. Um, so there we go. Um, so, so on to area two. Now, obviously you've been in this business of software and membership and helping people build really great courses and a great business. And I'm sure you get a buzz when people, because I'm in the same area as you, um, but we're WordPress focused. Um, but I get a great buzz when I get feedback from people that are using our setup, that they're getting some great success. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I see the same patterns of, Self, uh, you know, that you you can't tell straight away. I've had people um, have a chat with me and they've had the most, what seems to be the most wackiest membership idea possible. And it's been hugely successful. As I've had other people explain something really coherent and it's, they've not pursued it. And so... Based on your great experience, are there any kind of patterns that you can... It's a big question, but we've got a bit of time. We've got about 20 minutes for the first half, this second question. But have you got two to three patterns that you have consistently seen through all the people that you've helped you and your team? And, you know, maybe you can share those with us. Yeah, are you thinking patterns in in what set of what like what their kinds of things they're teaching? Well, or? they they don't do like the groundwork because um, I'm a great believer. You know, it's a bit like a house, Kevin. If you don't get the foundations right, mm-hmm. you can have the rest of it can look fantastic, but it's probably going to have all crack after a few months. It's all going to have cracks in it, and it's, totally. a, good, it's a good chance it's going to collapse. So yeah. people tend to focus on technology. Um, they also focus on the course, but they don't focus about who they're really going to help and what are the problems of those people. It's a bit, it's, it's 101 of marketing in a way, but um, so that 
maybe you've got some thoughts about that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I see the same, right? Like that, that, and it's one of the things that we always, that we help people with is who is your, who are you for? What is the problem that they have? And, and how are you solving that? And like, let's make sure that we get really clear on that and that we speak in a language that your prospect has, right? Because we all have this problem that we solved the problem. Now we understand what the real, the root cause of it was. And now we, we start to learn this, like the lingo, the language that someone that, that we learned then when we learned to solve this. And so we started to speak differently than we did before we had this problem. And so like going back and remembering what it felt like to, to have this problem and what language, what words people would use is, is so important. And that's, I think it's something we all tend to skip, right? It's just, I don't know, it just becomes ingrained in us. We start to talk this advanced, advanced talk. And I would say in general, what I see people do is they make stuff complicated because they're confused and scared, right? When you're afraid, like, oh, is there going to be enough people who, like, who have this problem? Oh, no, I'm afraid there's not enough. Let me solve two different problems, right? Are there going to be enough of this type of, of avatar, of dream customer? I'm not sure. I, I should work with two different avatars or three or five. Am I going to be able to sell enough of just this product? No, I probably need 10 products and 10 offers, right? Or, oh shoot, like I just got an email from someone or a friend told me about this cool new tool that can do this, that, or the other thing. I should probably add that tool as well. So people end up with, with a business that's very complicated, both in terms of technology, in terms of avatar, in terms of offers, in terms of systems. Like maybe they like, they got into funnels and then I built these like intricate, complicated funnels, right? And it's just, it's not, it's not necessary and it's not helping. And I remember speaking to someone who was an early uh, founder of one of the players in our space. I'm not going to mention any names, but he mentioned, he told me that he, they specifically designed the software to have a bunch of knobs that you could fiddle with on the page builder because they knew that their, their dream customer were scared of actually going out and selling stuff because then you might get rejected. And now we have to actually deliver and the coaching all stuff. So they, they wanted to stay in that dreamland of fiddling with the things so that they could feel like they were building a business, but they weren't actually doing anything. Have you seen that? Uh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh... I'm a great, um, he's become a personal friend. I've interviewed him three times and I've been to some of his conferences and I've, I've gone out with him and his wife and I think he'd be okay to say we're friends now. And that's Rob Rowling, the uh, joint founder of uh, Drip, the email mm. marketing, and he runs Tiny Seed and he's got a podcast, um, um, Startups for the Rest of Us. Mm. And he... Um, I learned from from his um, he's wrote a number of books and um, I've read all his books and it's very insightful and very successful um, but really a very open likable person very generous he can send the check to me after it I send him this podcast and he can send the check to me but that um, 
but he, he got this concept because he's he's about startups and they've got this idea of a minimum viable product, you know. And I mm-hmm. think you should apply that to a minimum viable course because I think people really put themselves, especially if it's their first attempt at building a course, they put themselves under enormous amount of pressure. They, are, they end up building what I call these war and peace courses. I think you think it in, in, in what you were saying, they build these 20-hour courses, lesson structures, and all video. They worry about landing pages and funnels. And, and I think you, you, and then they, then they go in, and don't get me wrong, I think it's a great idea at the right time. They go into building a community at the same time about the mighty network route and or going um buddy boss or and when i when i when i push back a little bit and say well you you need you're trying to run before you can walk you know you know let's you know i get tremendous resistance i can see in their body language on the zoom Mm -hmm. that they start tightening up any mm-hmm. kind of pushback at the dream. Mm-hmm. What's your own experience? And would you agree around this terminology of a minimum viable course? A hundred percent. It's one of the things that is, again, right? It's it's much more, we're, I think the first hundred times we do it, we're, we're scared of that meeting with the market. When I, when I started doing online courses, that was in 2008. And... I because I had this realization. Oh my God! I need to teach other people, other entrepreneurs about spiritual growth, and um, and I was like, how do I do that? I'm a you know I have a programming background. Like I, how do we run seminars, workshops? I don't know how to do this. I discovered online courses, and it was so great because I could sit behind the mon- the screen because I was terrified of people, like bullied in school and all that stuff. I was so insecure. So having that safety of the computer was so much better. But um, that, so I think that meeting with the customer can be terrifying for us because we might get rejected or it might be the not meet their needs. Like for me, that feeling of like, I'm talking about something and I'm excited and I'm passionate and people in the audience are like, why is he talking about that? I'm not interested. I don't give a care. And they start yawning like that. That was something that I was terrified of, right? And so we want to put everything into it. Plus we're, we love learning. That's why we started studying. Most people don't give a crap, right? It's just like, like my car is broken. I don't need a lecture on how the engine works. Just fix it so I can get to work, right? So I totally, I totally see the same. Um, and it's the same thing, right? We can fill it with knobs instead of just get it out there and start serving people and see how people actually respond to it. And yeah, I think in that feed... Because I found out in my own entrepreneur journey, um, I, there's been kind of elements of the offering that I thought the end users, the customers, were, were going to be delighted in. They're going to, and they're not interested in the bits that I thought were that. They're the, one, they're the bits that they're really interested in. Uh, do you think that's the same with, with your first course? That's why it's important to get your first students in and use it. Totally, yeah. It's no nothing survives. None of our fantasies survive the meeting with the market. The market will always tell us 
what they want and we learn from that. And that's how we, that's the only way we learn to grow. Yeah. So do your homework, try and find it, and you agree with the minimum viable course. What's your views about? Um, and you know, hey, one thing I was thinking, Jonathan, uh, what, it's one thing you could try next time that you have a prospect or client that's like, yeah, I want to do this and all these things in the community. Instead of pushing back, judo it and go with them. That's awesome. That's exciting. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, but I'm English. I'm Dower. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go like, first up is this. And then we do this, right? So, so then you're not pushing back. You're rolling with them. And then like, you're just guiding them on the journey. Trying to yeah. that one. Yeah, I can say you're you're totally correct. Um, I struggle with it because I am English and I'm dour, as I say. <laughs> uh, um, people said to me, you're, "You're you're really." Um, they said to me, "You're brutally honest." I don't think I'm brutally, honest, but other people say I'm brutally honest. So that always worries me because Brett, people that say oh, I'm brutally honest, they tend to be real jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not a jerk. God, right? I'd be sad getting to my age to be the jerk. Oh, God, that'd be the worst thing. Um, (laughs) Right. um, Let's go. There's there's also this, and I think, you know, obviously membership courses have trends. You know, a few years ago, ago, it was gamification, wasn't it? That Mm -hmm. was the big... And then micro-learning. And I think for the past couple, probably longer than that, it's been community, you know, mm-hmm. that you hear community. And don't get me wrong, I think if you've got a great community as part of your membership model, I think you can make the whole thing a lot more sticky, offer a lot more value. But I think people totally underestimate the amount of effort, time, you, it's like putting a membership site on steroids when you're you're really building a real community. What's your, what's your thoughts around this whole thing? Because you must all the time have these conversations as well as well when people come to you for your advice. Yeah, um, I do. I do think that that uh, community is is like I don't know a really solid thing. It's, it's a good thing. It's it's. I don't know if I was in the future. There's always like, you know, it's the here and now kind of thing. Like people tend to value like the as. So what happens is that social media, the game of social media gets, gets the bar is gets higher and higher, right? The quality of content, the production value, the, the quality of stuff that you have to put out to win the game of social media gets harder and harder, right? The quality goes up and up. Ads gets harder. Um, so for traffic, people are putting out better and better stuff on social media, which means you can get more and more of what you are looking for in terms of specific answers through social media. So courses I see having less perceived value than they used to. I'm not saying it's zero. It's just, it's not as attractive on its own as it used to. But the format that I see that's really crushing it right now is that you have a little bit of content and then you have say weekly group coaching calls where you deliver more content and you and you do Q&A with people and then all those recordings could become part of the library and then you have a community portion where people can discuss. So now they meet on the call 
and meet and see each other. And so then it's like, oh, I saw you there, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of starts to build that bonding. Because if it's just like, here's a course, here's a place where you can talk to a bunch of strangers that you've never seen or met, that tends to get a little bit hard. Um, but that model works tremendously well. It provides a lot of value and it's pretty simple to, to set up and get, get rolling. Yeah, and it kind of avoids, um, it also has the benefit of avoiding what we've said previous, where building what I call this warm peace course. Right. There, yeah. Because yeah. I've right. valued, I don't know if you have, but I've had, I won't say it's been a tremendous amount, but I have known how many? About four, six. And they'd be, they were, they, I couldn't make a judgment because it was outside my field, but I sensed they were quite knowledgeable about their subject matter. But they, they've been at it for 18 months plus building out this bloody course. This, this, mm-hmm. And they got all sucked into these landing pages and funnels yeah. and it was going on forever. Yeah. No, it's crazy. You don't need any of those things, right? Social media, they'll buy chat enroll them into a five, eight, 10K offer. You can do that. You don't even need sales calls. You don't need any funnels. You don't need anything. Just enroll people into a high ticket offer. Works great. um, What's your... This is, we, by the way, I run a coaching program like that. So, because again, like that's why I got into this business. So I have my own, call it Simplero Academy. My own coaching programs where, where I work with coaches and other people who are building business and we work on strategy, we work on simple, simple systems, and we work on the spiritual side of things together. Most of the members are also in Simplero, but it's not, it's not just specific to Simplero. And this, it's this exact format. There's community, there are weekly coaching calls, and there's some content to, to kind of get you started. We have some accountability and yeah, super simple format, easy to keep going and lots of value. So do you think somebody has to have an a, a audience before they can launch a successful course or do, can they develop, develop an audience in the same time they're developing a course or, or is it all jumbled up and it really depends on each individual scenario? I think having an offer like a course is a great way to build your audience. Because you're just building audience for the sake of building audience, you don't know if it's actually going to convert into what you want it to do. So it's it's a huge gamble. And any marketing that we do is going to cost money in some way, whether it's your time or someone else's time that you pay or ads or whatever, JVs, whatever it is, it's going to cost you something. And so we want to have a way to make that money back and validate that it's working to make that money back. So I would always be doing it at the same time. Yeah, I kind of oscillated from one to the other. I oscillate quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. But there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, but I I do agree with your outline because it kind of gives a focus, doesn't it? I think the other way, trying to build an audience without the course, it sounds okay, but you've got no focus, have you? No, no. And you don't have to actually create the course. You just have to create an offer and a title or something that like a, a simple thing that you can tell people about. You don't even have a need to have a sales page or anything. You just have to say, hey, we're doing this program. 
It's going to start in three months. Sign up now and then we'll join. And once you have five, six people, you've got a program. Right? Now you've got a group program that you can, that you can run. Um, so just get people to, to sign up early once it's before it's even a thing. You don't even have to know what it is. Um, I remember I talked to Ryan Dice over at Digital Marketer and they started their, their $10,000 certification. They obviously had an audience. But it was like, hey, we don't really know what this thing is going to be, but if you like, come join, right? That works well when you have an when you have an audience, but it works like so. We're we're going to be building the audience, but a lot of times, if you can if you can build that trust in yourself with people, right? Even if you don't have an audience, like that's what we do, right? We get people to know us, then we get them to like and trust us, and then we make an offer, and it doesn't have to take you know a ton of time. Typically, I saw a stat the other day that that once people have spent about 47 minutes with your content, that's, that's an average how much time they need to spend in order to be ready to buy from you. So I can be listening to your podcast. Like this conversation right here is 47 minutes. You get someone to actually listen to this con- conversation, boom, they've spent 47 minutes with the both of us. Um, so it doesn't have to take that much. And then you can make an offer and say, hey, I don't know what is it going to be like yet, but I do know that I can help you with this problem. You have this problem, like invest here with me. And you know, if you hate it, I'll give you your money back. I'll buy it back from you at full price after um, if you get fed up with it. But like enroll people into a program that doesn't exist yet and then deliver. And what gets people hung up many times is, well, what if I can't? you know, deliver, what if I, you know, they, they, they lack confidence in their own abilities because they've never done a program like this before. They might have expertise and they know they can help people maybe one-on-one or at certain circumstances or not, but now it's a different format. And what I, the way I think about, I think of it is you can always over-deliver and you choose to work one-on-one with people until they get the outcome, right? You can always if you know with yourself that you're committed to delivering the outcome for these people, you're going to try this format and figure out how it works. But if everything goes to crap and it just doesn't work, you can always work one-on-one with people to make sure they get the result. Like over-deliver for your first people. And if you know that about yourself, that you will do that, like just go for it. I think that's great. I think we're going to go for our break, folks. I really enjoyed my chat with Kelvin. So far, hopefully he's enjoyed it. He seems relaxed. He, mm-hmm. he seems to get my English humour to some degree. I've been living in America for almost 17 years, Kelvin, but I still think I'm still very, very English. Um, uh, um, so we're going to go for our break, folks, and we'll be back in a few moments. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back folks we've had a feast of knowledge from kevin from simplero to say he knows his stuff would be a, a slight understatement i just want to also point out if you're looking to build your membership community website on wordpress 
Why don't you have a look at WP Tonic? We really supply all the tools, all the support, great hosting combined in one package. And if you're looking to build your website on WordPress, we are a great solution. So go over to wp-tonic.com and book a chat with me and I'll see if we're a good fit, folks. So, um, let's go on to AI. Um, I'm a bit sick of it already, to be quite truthful. Um, everybody's talking, but I'm, um, I have dyslexia, Kelvin, and I, that's one reason why I got into coding. People say, well, how can you code if you've got dyslexia? Well, because it, it's structured logically, folks, unlike the English language, which is structured very logically. Uh, um, but um, so I got into it and I got into technology um, to help me and it's fantastic. My handwriting is like a doctor's, you know, mm. I'm readable. So, but I'm a quick typist and I, I've got all my tools and everything. And I got into AI and it's, it's been just fantastic. It's just more fantastic tools that help me be more productive. So I, I loved it. But on the other way, everything, every Tom, Dick and Harry in the software market is putting the word AI, AI into their product. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very enthusiastic. I know Kajabi done some things. And there's some other platforms, but it's very early days. But I am very, and obviously it can help you write content for your course. Or I think it will write very dry content. But a lot of people, um, my ex-wife was like this. My ex-wife did her degree at MIT. um, And she was much better educated than me, but... She just couldn't, she got this, she had a blank page in front of her. She just could, she, it'd take her days before she could write the first sentence. But right. I've never been like that, actually. I, I've been able to knock it off straight away. It might be filled with grammar mistakes and spelling mistakes, but I, I can knock it out pretty quick. But I think it really helps people get over that hurdle of the blank page. And then if right. they edit, they've got to edit it quite a lot for it to make it strong. But I think we're only on the early days of AI connected to education and courses because I think I think it could offer the ability to... Because I think um, people have different morphologies on learning, right? And I think... AI offers the capacity to be able to customize the actual course or the learning materials to the individual. How would you respond? And have you been thinking about this lately? And what, if so, what are some of your thoughts? What is this AI thing that you're talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's oh, every- you got me worried there. <laughs> You can get some so I can back. ramble. I can ramble. You probably like. I can really ramble. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you can't have the ascension being at this point, and now I have thought about AI. So, so we definitely thought about it. We have a little bit of AI going, but not not a ton. I'm kind of so. My, I'm like you, right? When it comes to to writing or creating content, I would much rather just 
sit down blank slate and just speak from my heart, right? Just say what's on, on my heart, on my mind. And um, it's, for me, that's easy. That's fun. I enjoy it. Whereas reading stuff and editing stuff makes my heart, eyes bleed. Like I hate it. Right? So, so for me, AI is this machine that just spews out words. Like there's so many words and, and, and most of them, like you said, are not very good, right? It's not, it's not really like, it's not like, it's not edgy. It's not hu- human, right? It's, it's not, my, it, it might get there, but it's, that's not the direction that I see it going in. Actually, it's it kind of corporate speak, isn't it? On steroids, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe with the right prompts, you can get it to, to do something else, but I have not figured out how to do that quite yet. And, and like, especially some of those like ChatGPT and, and Bard and whatnot, where they're so obsessed with like safety that, that they like on purpose makes it like throw out this boilerplate language all the time. Well, there might be, and you never know, and blah, blah, blah. So um, yeah, I think what, what's going to happen, it reminds me of there's an article years ago by a, a early software um, influencer named Joel Spolsky, where he talked about Microsoft's strategy was fire and motion. They would develop these new APIs all the time so that all of the engineers of all the independent software developers would be busy trying to figure out how to use all these APIs while Microsoft's own developers knew which APIs to give a crap about and which to ignore. And then they were much faster at developing stuff. And that was part of their strategy to outmaneuver some of those key players like Lotus or whoever was like causing them problems in the software uh, space. And AI feels a little bit like that sometimes, but it'll spew out so many words that now a human needs to actually read and, and make sense of. And like a human wasn't involved in spewing them out in the first place. So that's the danger that I see is that we just flood people with subpar par content. We flood the internet with subpar content. So I think what's going to happen, I think you're right that having AI is super helpful. And I, I talk to ChatGPT every day or and you know figuring out what can it help me do and what can it help me do and it can help with a lot of things. So is it become your friend, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, my little, my little, my little Tamagotchi. Um, what? So like, it's my go-to over Google these days, right? So you know, poor SEO people. But um, so I think it's super helpful to ideate and come up with the first draft and and that kind of stuff, especially when it's something new and you don't have the muscle yet. But I think what it's going to ha- do more than anything is increase our desire for real connection, real human connection, real human caring, real human putting care and love. We're going to be out. We're going to be out. I'm sorry. I'm out living here. And of course, we're, on, we're over stream yards. So there's a slight delay. So uh, do give me some slack here. I'm not being rude, but I love my one liners. Uh, um, I was, I'm just thinking, you know, you're saying, no, you're not going to find much of that in America anyway, are you? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry that was bad, wasn't it? I just couldn't resist. I'll shut up. You were in, mid, you were in mid-flight as well, weren't you? Yeah. I just, don't get annoyed with me. I'll shut up. I'm sorry, going off you go. I was just thinking, you were saying community and I don't mean that really. I, I, I've been so impressed with the work ethic of Americans in general um, and the can-do attitude, which is really missing in British culture. To mm-hmm. you know, um, 
but in some ways, um, the only thing is, I, I think America um, in general needs a little bit more compassion for other oh, people a little bit. That's yeah. my only concern about American society. Where I have, well, a long list of concerns about American society, but that's a whole other conversation. Where, where in the U.S. are you based? I live um, near Lake Tahoe. I live in Carson oh. City, the capital, the capital of Nevada. All right, sweet. And what brought you to the States? My ex-wife, I, mm-hmm. I met her in London, and she was working for a merchant bank. Mm-hmm. And um, she took her eye on me, and she thought, oh, I have a bit of that. And, and um, I was running. I was running a successful business in dry cleaning, but um, I did other things. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a Californian girl, so we got married in the UK. But she made it clear that she didn't want to spend all the days. And Britain is a beautiful. Have you been to England at all? I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very pretty country, but the weather's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's just appalling. I'm from Denmark. It's not too different. No, I've not been to Denmark. Actually, I've been to Norway, Sweden, mm-hmm. and Norway's, and you know they're just breathtaking. Yeah. But you know, even Norwegians. I lived there for eighteen months actually, and mm-hmm. um, Bergen. I lived in Bergen mm-hmm. and Oslo for a while, and um, beautiful. But the winters, my God, yeah. That's the thing that I love. Like today, it's overcast. But it was one of the things that I love the most about living here is that it can be winter, it can be cold, but the sun's out and you got bright sunshine. In Denmark, like nine months out of the year, it feels like you're not sure if the sun got up today or not. Like, like you can't tell. It's just like dark and gray and wet. I'm like, ugh. I- yeah, London, London from um, October to, to April, it, it's like... Folks, it's like Seattle on steroids. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, so, you know, like, states, even though you, you're divorced or is her kids. Yeah, was, she had enough of me. She departed. Yeah. You know, well, maybe maybe it's my lack of humor. <laughs> it, it probably was. What, what made you stay in the US? Do you have kids? No, no. I, I really had to think about it and I was tempted and I went back to the UK. And I'm still close with my family over there. And I was thinking about it. It, was, it sounds so insular, but it is. Um, it was just the weather, you know. Um, it, when you get away, you get used to anything. That's one, of, that's one of our strengths and one of our weaknesses, isn't it? We can get used to anything. Um, but when you've been in a country that you actually – see, I live – live in northern Nevada and it has four seasons, folks, but um it has almost over three hundred days of sunshine. Mm-hmm. So it's high desert, uh, um with our Alpine mountains around it. Um when you get used to three hundred days of sunshine, you can't go back to a country that only has a hundred days of sunshine. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm going off straight yeah. there. So I really interrupted you. I went on a spin there, but um, I would take. Just- I, I think I finished my thought. Like, just AI is going to make it. It's going to. It's super helpful tool. People are scared about it, but like any other technical technological development is going to be a tool. It's going to be like a bicycle for the mind. It's going to make us better, faster. But do you think it's going to be able? Because this is it is a language model at the present moment, 
And what I think one of the problems with the discussions, I in no shape and form am I expert on this. I do have a friend who is an actual expert in AI, all right? And you got that they've seemed to got things really mixed up because you got the thing of general AI, which I think is still probably a bit distant. And then you got these language models that like the um, mimic and do a great job, like the the Cherna test. You know, it's got to the stage where it can mimic mm-hmm. um, back and forth, and you'd be hard pressed to tell um, if you're talking to a human or you're not. Um, just depends on how boring the individual is. Isn't it? <laughs> um, 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 well, but, but that's a good point, Jonathan. Right? Because, like, could you imagine? A, a chat GBT, a, a language module model that would actually talk the way that you do and respond the way that you That do. would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? It's, I mean, I'm sure you could create one, but like it's, it's like humans are just, we're all idiosyncratic, right? We all have our, 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 our little quirks and specialties and weirdnesses. And that's what makes us human, right? That's what makes us relatable. And so you, yeah, you can build it into a robot, but will it ever get to feel like a real human? Probably like at some point we'll figure it out, but. But do you think maybe, do you think they get to the stage where the the course material of a course of a a training um, could adapt by the inputs of the students? So it becomes a more, a more customized learning experience. Do you think in the near future, we could get there, or was that far-fetched? And we're talking about five, ten years, which, you know, you go so far out, you know, anything could yeah. happen, doesn't it? I, I, honestly, I think it's, I would think it's probably a little further out. Again, so, like, you can use AI, uh, like a, lar- a language model, to just, like, ask it questions directly. Then you can use these, you know, cu- you can create these custom GPT kind of things, right, where, you know, you feed it a, specific knowledge base and you can ask it questions about that knowledge base and then they can give you answers. I think that's definitely something that we're going to see. So in that way, it kind of comes becomes a personalized learning path through material that already exists. I also see that, you know, movies and, and computer games could go in the direction where it's generated on the fly, right? There's not like, I, I just get the AI to generate a movie for me and it's totally personalized to me and it's like a, you know, 90-minute feature film on something, the things that I like. Um, I could see that happening. So maybe with course content as well. The question though is like, if that's the case, is that how we still want to learn or is there a better way? I don't know the answers to these things. No, I don't think anybody does. It's fascinating to think about it though, isn't it? Uh, Well, I think it is. So let's go, let's move on. So let's go on to some of the real fun questions. Um, so what are some of the kind of digital services tools that you kind of utilize in your own business or, you know, on a daily or, you know, that that's maybe has come on your radar recently that you feel like you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. I mean, it's like the, 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 the short answer is Simplera, of course. Like we we use we we run our into I run my entire business on Simplera. We we run everything on Simplera in, internally. So I use that every day. And like 
which is in part is why I'm also the, you know, the product lead on the team. So, you know, I, lots of little improvements because I'm using it every day. I'm like, oh, this, and why don't we do that? And like, here's how this could be better. So, um, Simplero. Aside from that, like my tool stack is kind of simple. Um, you know, ChatGPT, Instagram, um, like the, the social medias in general. Um, Descript for video editing. Um, I've heard a lot of people like that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. It's it's super helpful because it makes it so simple to just go make the content edit. Like when we take, I take the, I'm recording this on my side as well. And so I'll take clips from this and, you know, I'll throw it into Descript, take clips. Oh, well, that's great to hear that because um, one of your, um, I think your per, one of your staff asked me to send a copy, but if you've got a copy, I won't have to do well, it. I'm recording, I'm recording only me because I can't record you. So I still, oh, well, I will still I like copy from your side. I will but still send them the Dropbox link. Yeah, I always have two cameras on me at any time, so we can take that and then and then like I send that to my video editor, and then like pulls out clips, and then he can mix mix in the two different do two different angles. But the but Descript is make it super easy. Like you can even you you can move stuff around. So now like if we take this clip and then oh thing I set here would be a great hook. Let's move it up to the beginning and that kind of stuff. It was super easy to do the content editing, and then he throws it into. I don't even know what he uses, Premiere or something to do the like the final post-production. Um, so yeah, that's the tool we use uh, all the time as well. Yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating where all this is going to go. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, you, you've been on this journey for 15 years. Obviously, I, as we said, you know, I'm very English. So as a child, I always was watching Doctor Who and the Time Machine, Doctor Who's <laughs> TARDIS. Uh, um, so if you had like you had your own time machine, and you could go back to the early structure, yes. What have I told you that I do, and you do too? What a time machine? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I would be actually very frightened of that. Because <laughs> I don't have no idea what I would say to them. Because the only it's a ridiculous question. Well. Gone. So you do have a time machine. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? We know from from quantum physics that time doesn't exist. Yeah, well, that problem. See, um, I'm very good at my... I've always been good at... My ex-wife was really good at algebra and calculus and all of it. She was an engineer. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm pretty good at business math. I was even quicker than hers sometimes. Uh, um, but um, where the hell am I going with this? Up <laughs> about a time machine. <laughs> yeah, about the time machine. Um, I've totally got gone. You take over because I'm getting a hot mess in this interview, <laughs> Kelvin. I apologise. Go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were no, saying it. Well, you're just getting back because I interrupted you in a couple of times. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll get against you. <laughs> so you're saying if I had a time machine, what, what, what? Yeah, what would you say to yourself? Yeah. All right. Uh, what would I say? I would say, so it's, I had this vision of a, like, um, being that spiritual business coach to, um, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people all over the world and providing the software that would make it really simple for people 
to start a business, especially coaches, but, but kind of really broader than that. And then for most of the time, I didn't really truly believe in the vision. And I didn't value myself. I didn't have a self-worth that allowed me to believe that I was able to actually do this. And when I look back, like that's, that vision has, was like spot on. But 15 years ago, when I got into like spiritual coaching and all that stuff, it wasn't a thing. Now it's, it's quite common. To, but I was like, well, it's probably just me and like low self-worth and like, I have nothing. I don't know. It's probably just because I'm so broken that I need this and everybody else is cool and they got their shit together. And it's just me that can't figure, you know, that has, has issues. And uh, so what I would do, uh, what advice I would give myself is believe in yourself a hundred percent, a thousand percent, like totally believe in yourself and your vision. And I would impart on myself that I am worthy. And so that's what I would offer to people watching, listening is believe in yourself and your dreams and your visions and know that you're worthy of whatever it is that you envision for yourself. As I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I mean, say so, uh, this kind of, I don't know why this little memory is stuck in my mind because it's about three or four years ago. I was at a local gas station and we tend to, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. Right, I really am a creature of habit. Um, so I go to the same gas station, and I got to know. I go to a different one now because, um, but I was going to the same gas station, and there was a there was a girl in there, and and uh, we chatted a few times, and then going, and she she's putting my stuff in the bag because I bought some extra stuff, and she said, "Oh, she said oh, I'm going to be." What did she say? She said, I'm going to be stuck here forever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy. And I don't know why. I just looked at her and I said, I said, you're a daughter of God. Yeah. You're worthy of everything that you, you need to get out of that thought pattern. Yeah. You know, I don't know what made me say that, but it was struck. Yeah. Um, it was quite sudden that her total disillusion about herself and her life, really. Yeah. And it's so common and there's no need for it. It's like, no. I mean, it's even like, what if you're unworthy? So what? <laughs> like, go for it. Like, just do shit anyway, right? But that's not how the psyche works. No. You've tolerated my rambling quite. I, I, I've drunk too much coffee this morning. We're knocking back too much coffee. But I think it's been a good discussion, actually, and you've dealt with me really generously. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it and you agreed to come oh. back at some time when we can have another so lunch. Um, I think we discussed some good general topics because I, I think one of the problems on this journey is that. People um, make it too complicated and they put themselves under too much pressure too quickly. And just doing it, you're going to learn so much and you've got more time than people think. I think you, and I think you agree with that. Um, is that you and your husband? Yeah. So I named my company Simplero for a reason. Yeah. Because I do this too. And simple has always been my tonic. Just to make it, put it back on your your company name. Simple is my tonic. <laughs> it's what solves my pain. Because I've learned 
through a lot of stuff is that, and I'm not trying to be nasty, but any form can make something complicated. It it takes a lot of effort to make something complicated easy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Really interesting. So, what's the best way for people to find out more about yourself and also your company, actually, Kevin? Yeah, go follow me on Instagram. So, Calvin Corelli at on Instagram, and um, I do have. So, I recorded a video um, uh, a week or so ago about like the three steps to get to ten thousand a month as a coach. So, if anyone here is watching and would like that, just uh, DM me, follow me on Instagram, then DM me, and then mention this podcast so so I know where you're coming from and then just say the word 10k or t you know yeah just write 10k and they name the podcast so I know where you're coming from and they'll send you send you that video that's, that's fantastic yeah I could say if you want to support the show go to the um, membership machine show Facebook um, group join that me and my team are always on there we will be back next week with either an internal discussion or another great guest. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Membership Machine Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating to support the show. Until next time.